Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for Star Wars Ahsoka. One is never too old to learn, Snips. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Star Wars Ahsoka Part 5, titled Shadow Warrior, written and directed by Dave Filoni. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Uh, now, before we're all transported into memories of our younger selves, let me introduce you to my Rebel crew joining me today. First up, he is no Jedi. He's Justin the Loth Hat Lawrence. Purr, baby, purr. Let's talk. Let's You're talk. I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> you, you, you called me after this episode and I said, Justin, just keep purring away. We're not going to talk about it here. We're going to wait till we're recording. Um, so I'm stoked to see what you have to say. Uh, but docking down, declaring droid in dank pendants, he's Darcy the Dank, Dathomirian Hudson. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk. Ready to talk. <laughs> yeah, you feeling? I've, I've, how are you better feeling? Better than last week. Better okay. Than last week. Didn't, awesome. didn't bug me as much. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and joining us again, he's kind-hearted like Kanan, but just like Sabine, he's got to keep up with his training. He's Kevin the Who Yang Huggin. Hudson. I swear around 9.30 on Tuesday night, I heard millions of geeky, orgasmic voices call out before being suddenly silenced. Oh, my goodness. Have you boys cleaned up after Tuesday night or what? I, you know what? That's what a pergola will do to you. You know, you get me a, get me a, pergola, get me a pot of pergles and I will be... I will be a geeky voice in the night. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've managed to clean up a little bit. I'm still, it's still a little, Jesus. Um, but uh, normally, uh, you know, I, we've been starting off these watch clubs where I'm kind of asking you guys like a silly question. I got to be honest with you, just like last week, this episode was way too good. Um, so I just want to get right to it. Um, so I'll skip the question of the week again. But uh, that said, I do want to pause just to remind you listening that we here at Geekcentric do support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA as they strike to get the contract they deserve without incredible writers and actors, you know, writers like Dave Filoni and actors like Hayden Christensen uh, and Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, we wouldn't get all the wonderful stories like the ones uh, from a galaxy far, far away that we love so much. So if you want to support the actors and writers of the things we love, you can do so by checking out the links in our description. Now, let's get into part five titled Shadow Warrior. This week, we pick up with Hera and the surviving X-Wing pilots landing on Cetos and exploring the rock structure where Ahsoka fell uh, and where the star map was destroyed. Hera comes in with Carson Teva, uh, and they express their concern that they aren't seeing any readings of life anywhere around them. Jason, alongside Chopper, exit uh, the ghost, uh, but only after Hera gives her permission, like a, a good mom. Uh, and then in the distance, Hera hears a noise. As she slowly approaches, we see that it's Hu Yang holding Sabine's helmet. He expresses great sorrow as he says, I told them to stay together, but they never listen. They never listen. 
Whew. So what a what an opener. Uh, guys, what did we think of this opener? And Kevin, you're the Hu Yang hugging Hudson. How could you not want to give Hu Yang a big hug after hearing his sad, sad voice? You know, it's interesting to see him. I don't want to say humbled, but he's he's just got such a, a smarmy attitude a lot of the times, right? And here, it, there's no time for jokes. There's no time for anything. He is truly devastated at, at the potential of what he's discovered here. Uh, I thought this was a neat change of pace for the character and just it, using him really did hammer home the, the thought, uh, uh, you know, that these characters must be having that they've lost their friends. I just got to ask, who is the droid designer for this 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 particular model? Because why do they program such emotion into his features? Right, like, his eyes. Even his eyes all droopy. And then the yeah. fact that he can be so melancholy and sad. It's like, this is not like any droid I've seen. It's so human for a droid. Well, I loved it. That's Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we were talking about last week, you know, with his line delivery of, of you know, stay together. You always did better together. There was such a honesty and sincerity in it that felt more human than it did droid and it's mm -hmm. crazy how star wars always, always has these characters these droid characters that add such emotional weight and depth to to things and they're they're so um they have the foresight more so than than humans do about human interactions and human emotions so uh, it's interesting that in in this moment you know again huyang is is very much conveying uh, a real human emotion uh, that just makes him that just sh highlights how special he is as a droid. Yeah, droid rights, uh, I think, are still long overdue in the Star Wars galaxy, uh, them not being allowed in a bar. And then I loved in Mandalorian how they had their own bar. Um, but I will say, like, you know, this brought me back to the sadness I felt with B2 Emo. Right. Um, or or uh, especially the moment with K2SO in Rogue One when he's shouting climb. I'm just like, droids are making me feel things. Uh, and it's amazing to get these robots that have such, as you mentioned, Justin, such emotion and such expression. Uh, I want to call out from uh, from new rock stars uh, who pointed out that when Hu Yang says they never listen uh, the second time that maybe he's referring to Sabine uh, and Hera, but he's also lamenting on the fact that the Jedi that he would teach back at the Jedi Temple also never listened that Jedi and never recognized yeah. their mistakes, you right? And then that that's kind of what led to the the events of Order 66. He's not just sad for, for one fallen Jedi, uh, but for all of them. And I think that was really, really powerful in that moment. Yeah, it's it it, it it adds a little more weight to it because the, in the moment at the loss of, of Sabine and Ahsoka, because I think you said Hera when you meant to say Ahsoka, uh, but then yes, to, to add in that caveat, it does sort of speak to this idea of the Jedi just never listen. You know what I mean? Like they're just, <laughs> they're going to always fuck things up. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, if they listen to the Force enough, they're going to do some wild things or go against, you know, protocol True. or whatever. And again, that is what led to the downside or downfall at some point. So, yeah. And can we just shout out both both in this opener, both the cinematography uh, and the music, I think, were outstanding. I think the sequence, you know, we hear the flutes being played by uh, Kevin Kiner and his daughter, Deanna, um, and, and they're kind of going back and forth. And it gives such an uneasy tone uh, to this sequence. And then I was telling Justin this for the brief second that I allowed us to talk about this, this episode on the phone. But I thought that the, the drone shot over the red trees was giving me uh, Midsommar vibes, the opening to Midsommar. Haunting. I just yeah. really, yeah, it was really Very haunting, haunting and yeah. really eerie and, and, and unsettling. And I just, oh, they, it's so good. So it's funny good. too. I was, the, 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 when we were talking on the phone, I was saying how 
you know, I never really noticed it, but it was always it's all there. All the hints are there. But the planet has a very Dothamirian vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Like just in that those those deep red tones and that sort of grayish white trees, it's just very haunting. Um, so I, I'm I mean like I, I don't know if we'll we're gonna learn more about this planet, but if it is explored, it'd be interesting to understand. The Dathomirian culture seems to be kind of sprinkled throughout. It'll be interesting to see how maybe it, it all ties in to something else. Absolutely, yeah, and especially with Morgan Elsbeth being involved, you know, maybe that place is really important to her. Uh, but back in the world between worlds, Ahsoka and Anakin exchange greetings uh, and comment how um, on how Anakin looks the same, but Ahsoka looks, he says, you look old. Uh, Anakin reminds Ahsoka that she lost a fight with Balin Skull. Uh, he tells her that he's there to finish her training, and after she asks what the lesson is, he responds with, live or die. As she refuses to fight, Anakin ignites his saber, forcing her into a duel. With sabers clashing, Anakin shows his power as Ahsoka uses everything she's learned from him to fend off his own attacks. Uh, so I there's so much to take in during these interactions. I was just kind of enamored with what I was seeing. Uh, Kevin, what did you think of the moment between master and apprentice and kind of following up from from last week? Um, do you believe now that we've sort of seen this episode that this was Anakin? Was it a force ghost or something else? Oh, I am probably not the best person to try and speculate <laughs> quite what this was. And I'm almost wondering if that's almost the point is it's it's up to your interpretation. Um doesn't he say something similar to, akin to, you know, I've heard that before when she says she won't fight him? Um, mm -hmm. Now, yes. wouldn't that have been Luke who said that to him? So this would be, you know, uh, that would almost let you think it was a Force ghost post-Jedi rather than some sort of reincarnated version of his previous spiritual Anakin. I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, no, I just think, you know the what we're going to get from this uh you know episode between these two it's a perfect way to set that up uh even though i'm not mm -hmm. sure if we ever quite learn what the lesson is but again we'll get into that as we get through uh the 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 episode mm -hmm. for sure yeah i i think you know um going off of i guess is this anakin i am on the basis that it's not Anakin, but I know last week I was going a little heavy with this idea that it could be the son and, and the, the son of Mortis, cause. and yeah, and maybe that that can still be true. And and as I was saying, it doesn't need to be something that needs to be solved in this episode. But the reality is, is that what we saw wasn't Anakin per se. I think it was a representation either f from Ahsoka or from something else that is is sort of projecting a. Anakin, because if it was Anakin and it was more of a force ghost, the level of interaction would probably be more in depth than what we get throughout. Like mm -hmm. the interactions that we get, they lived in memories, right? Mm -hmm. But this whole first interaction almost feels very territorial. It doesn't feel as simple and, and natural as it was. You know, when we get to the flashback moments, it kind of feels like that because, again, we're living memories. But when he snaps out and he goes back into trainer mode towards the end it, there's there's a very clear distinction of him moving from anakin so i think we saw parts of anakin but i don't think that this person in the world between worlds is actually anakin i think it's more of a projection i mean i'm on the uh the team that it is anakin if only because the one interaction in that me that memory later on in the episode he says i haven't seen this before right I, I, was, I wasn't part of this battle and the fact that that was something like 
if it was, you know, this forest ghost or anything that they would, you'd think would be more all knowing because it's tapping into Ahsoka's memories. But if he's just along for the ride through her mm. memories and he's the one who's kind of the conduit for this conversation, I think it's, I, I'd love it to be Anakin. And that's what I'm thinking it is because it, again, we're getting to it later on, but I, I really enjoyed this way of teaching through actions and memories uh, to, to get this lesson across. So I really enjoyed the, the Master Apprentice back to back again. It was, it was really cool to see. I agree. If somebody was just sort of, trying to channel um, Anakin, I don't think they would have clarified, oh, you know, this is a memory I'm not familiar with, whereas the other ones I'm perfectly familiar with. Wouldn't wouldn't he, though? Like, I, I feel like... Well, if I, he's supposed to be this all-knowing master trying to teach a lesson, I feel like they'd go for the fact that they already know everything. Like, Right, and, right, maybe. But I, I think that, again, and in, in where you guys are saying that you, you think it shows more that it, it would be him, I, I think it shows more that it isn't him. It's like, oh, I'm not familiar with this memory or this place or hearing about this story. But we know the events happened, like the siege of Mandalore happens at the same time as Order 66. So we know his destiny at that point, right? So it, it is, yes, he hasn't seen the events. But if he was so spiritual and so a force ghost, you know, ah, oh, yes, you know, I've, I've heard of this. I feel like he would have known about it. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Maybe this is the this is the Ahsoka in me uh, coming out here, but I'm kind of in between you guys. Like, I I I feel like, in a way, sure, if if you wanted to be Anakin, it was Anakin. But I also feel like it was uh, the Force speaking through Ahsoka's memories rather than than an actual like Force ghost. Um, I think the the world between worlds is a place that provides what you need in that moment. Uh, and it's not so much Ahsoka talking to Anakin than it is Ahsoka talking to what she remembers of Anakin, the best the and the worst part, yeah, so, so that she can learn what she needs. Yeah, it's what she, <laughs> so that she can learn what she needs to, to, to move on and keep living. I mean, my whole thing is that we know Anakin managed to become a Force ghost at the end of his life. After he redeems himself as Vader, he mm -hmm. is a Force ghost. We see him at the end of, of Jedi. So the fact that like he would be able to trans like easily go to this place because he is so in tune with the force. I wouldn't be surprised if he just wanders through there on, on like a whim because hey, he can't talk to his Padawan. What else is he gonna go do? Yeah, hang it with Ghost Obi Wan I, a bit more. Like I hope. <laughs> I hope there's a. I hope there's an answer to this question. Yes, that, I and, love I, it, and I, I love think it. we're not the only ones that are have debated it in the last two days. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just wouldn't it cheapen it a little if it's not Anakin? If this is just some general representation of the Force rather than him coming back to make sure that his apprentice is is put back on the right path I, I find it's it's more meaningful if it is Anakin doing this directly some way rather than just some part of the force using him to speak with Ahsoka I don't that's just me personally again I think we're we're very yeah, much I discovering that it's personal opinions for sure and I think um just going back to her saying uh, I won't fight you and yeah, the reference to to Luke saying the same thing when he's like, I've heard that before. I think um, in a way, though, it's it's also very much just such a that line itself is such a representation of Ahsoka in that exact moment of wanting to stay in the gray. I won't fight you. I don't want there to be a resolution. I don't want to make a decision in this moment. I want to stay right where we are. Uh, and the way that he sort of sort of forces her to continue her lesson um i think was really really intriguing and again it, it brings up sort of a lot of um concepts about 
you know, good and bad and, and, and good and evil and, and sort of um, the way that 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 lesson was taught, um, I think is just really, really complex and, and intriguing. Again, I hope we get answers to some of these questions. I, here's the thing, though, dude, Dave Filoni, he probably he's not won't. the kind of guy he that gives won't. answers to this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he talks he talks so deep though about Star Wars, right? So yeah. I don't know. Again, it, it, unless of course more things will reveal themselves. I don't think we're done with this place, obviously, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. All right. Well, back on CTOS, Hera and Chopper are scanning for their missing friends when Carson Teva informs them uh, that Senator Organa woo, uh, says <laughs> that she can right <laughs> says that she can only give them cover for so long. Teva worries that people are going to start asking questions, questions they don't have answers for. Uh, and their conversation is interrupted by Jason, who says that he hears something on the water. He tells Hera to listen to the waves crashing. Uh, and as they do, they begin to hear lightsabers clashing together. This moment gives uh, Hera the motivation she needs to continue the search, search again. Uh, and Carson uh, calls for the other X-Wing pilots to head back out uh, and search low along the water. So guys, we get... Uh, kind of in this scene, yet another sense of Jason's connection to the Force. Do you think this is confirmation that he will uh, one day become a Jedi, or do you think he'll turn out more uh, like his mother, Darcy? Well, before I answer that question, shout out to Carson Tava for the joke of the day. I mean, or just the laugh of the, the episode, I mean, with the, oh, her son has abilities, and just... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. let's go get on in this basically. He accepts it without even questioning. Love well, that. And Darcy, part. Darcy, that sorry, just really quickly, that to me was all the people that didn't watch anything of the animated stuff just going like, yeah, okay, I guess that's how it goes. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's where true, I sort of yeah. felt with that. But yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's definitely a, another sign that he is connected to the force. He was able to to hear this force place. Basically, he was he was hearing a different dimension. That's that's not. If that's not Force Connection, then I don't know what is. For sure. Uh, that is, yeah. Well, whether or not he becomes a Jedi, I don't know. I feel like, his, again, we see a Harris seems very skeptical of, you know, letting him train in the ways of a Jedi, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just going to turn out to be a super a wicked pilot with the intuition that tops Han Solo's type thing. That would he be wants sick. to be a Jedi, though. He wants to, oh, he yeah, wants you can to tell. train. Gentlemen, tell. suck it up. He's going to Luke's Jedi school. He's getting mowed down by Ben... <laughs> Solo, no. like just it's happening, man. I mean, I feel like he'd be too old to be part of Luke's first class no by that point. Because again, no such thing to be too old. Come on, yeah, yeah, never too true. old, There's right? Never too old, yeah. Um, just really quickly on that though, um, in terms of Jason becoming a Jedi or not, there is also a lot of moments where he's looking up at the sky. And he sees the X-Wings flying by and he's kind of enamored by them. So, like, in my mind, you know, someone has to be flying the ghost in in, in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, how perfect would it be if it's Jason? You know, he's got the best of both worlds. He's both, he's got the best of his father and the best of his mother in terms of abilities. He's there with Chopper. Maybe Zeb's still alive. Who knows? But the idea You're that... You're implying sort of, Hera's dead, though. I maybe maybe yeah, no, she's, just, she's in a med bay she's in the med bay I'm like, the med bay maybe she's, she's old and yeah and her, threw out her back earlier in the day right, okay? right, right. but I, I think that would be really really dope if if that was sort of the direction he goes. she For ages sure. really poorly in the next 20 years if she's in uh, a med bay all sick and old and stuff like she's pretty young and spry right now boys. it's not that far in the future yeah, yeah. I guess um no I think I think there's this is great. I, I love that he, um, Jason was the one to kind of introduce how the world between the world works within the existing world, sensing it through through just feeling it right and hearing it and, and understanding. It. And I, I love that it's our first sign that he's 
he is force sensitive. He definitely has a yearning to want to learn the ways of the Jedi um, mm-hmm. and understand his abilities and, and I think be like his father. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. Hera is probably the one that's holding it back and stopping him from, from doing that, but making him understand that he is special, that there is something about him. Cause I don't think she's necessarily trying to keep that from him. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all evolves. I think the, it makes the most sense that if Ezra does come back, that he is the one that trains um, Jason just because Kanan, his father trained him. Right. So I think mm. it just, that would make that'd be, be such beautiful poetry to the, their story. And I mean, I'm very much of the camp of that audience member going, oh, okay, he's he's special. Go, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'll roll with the punches. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so I did yeah. just want to, uh, you know, Star Wars is synonymous with sound and sound mixing. And what a wicked job they did here to blend those lightsabers yeah. into the waves. Yep. That was so cool. Like, you kind of felt like Hera as you heard it come through the sounds of yeah, the waves. That was exactly. so cool. Yeah. And the use of the force theme, I think, at that moment, like shout out to Kevin Kiner again, so chilling. What an incredible moment. And I think the use of that theme and the way that he sort of he sort of dibbled and dabbled a little bit with certain themes throughout. Sprinkling it throughout. Yeah. But in this, he like he He leans in full on. He leans in. And I think in a way that almost adds a little bit of um, respect and honor to what the force is is in that moment and the, and, the, and just the fact that he that Jason is 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 not only experiencing that um but then sharing it with his mom i think is so lovely and so, so so wonderful so does this imply in some ways that maybe hair is a little force sensitive I don't the think the force is so. in everyone exactly yeah, that is true in the right spot that is true and and she that, is a fantastic that. pilot Exactly. So maybe this that was the right spot where the, the 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 membrane between the two worlds is thin enough that someone who isn't force sensitive could hear sure. that other plane. Sure. With a little help, of course. I absolutely agree, though, Nate. Like I think Kevin Kiner is killing it with oh. this score. He's he's creating new music that feels obviously very uh, specific to this show, but he is not just sprinkling in now like. John Williams themes. He's sprinkling in his own themes. Like the times mm-hmm. when you hear Sabine's theme come up or Ahsoka's theme come up, all of it comes together so well in, in a way, as you said, to respect the music while also adding so much new because this the samurai Western vibes of of the score that feels specific to the show is French Kiss, man. It is it is brilliant. And shout out to our princess. Uh, or eventually, I guess eventually she'll be known as the the princess. But um, or no, she was already known as the princess. Yeah. <laughs> My times are all mixed up here. Okay, I was flying with a pergol. Um, but fantastic to hear Leia Organa as senator here. Um, this is I guess prior to the galaxy learning that Vader was her father. Uh, which that compounded with how frustrating it must be to be a politician amongst these idiots of the New Republic government. Um, I think was probably why she, you know, left uh, to lead the rebellion. But it's just interesting that, like, we're getting that spot in the timeline to sort of narrow in and understand, okay, she's she's still a senator here. Uh, She hasn't left yet. Uh, But let's keep going here. Back with Anakin and Ahsoka, uh, we continue to witness what feels like the greatest hits of lightsaber duels as Anakin continues his lesson. We see him push back uh, Ahsoka with every blow, but just as it looks looks like he's gained the upper hand, Ahsoka does a jump kick and strikes him in the face. Anakin tells Ahsoka he hasn't taught her everything yet as he slices the path below them, causing Ahsoka to fall through pink clouds only to wake up on sand. In a deep fog, we see a young Ahsoka uh, begin to stand up as clone troopers emerge through the smoke. 
We're now seeing the Clone Wars in live action. Uh, Ahsoka and Anakin run into battle as uh, she asks about her training, and Anakin tells her this is her training. Then young Ahsoka walks through the fog slowly uh, to see many troopers dead and dying. She rests her hand on one with bandages all over her, all over his face uh, as she begins to feel remorse for the troopers they lost because of her mistakes. Anakin tells her that he has to teach her to be a soldier, how to lead, how to survive. She asks him, what if I want to stop fighting? And he responds with, then you'll die. As bombs go off around them and blasts start to fly by, Ahsoka watches as her master runs back into the fight. Another blast of light flickers a vision of Vader before turning back into Anakin as Ahsoka stands there paralyzed by the fear of what she's seeing. Whew, okay. Like, this, Kevin, you were talking about the, the hearing the voices of all the the geeks and nerds in the world. Uh, this was it. Let's talk about this sequence. What did you guys think of seeing uh, Clone Wars in live action? Seeing young Ahsoka, seeing troopers in battle that aren't fully rendered CGI beings, but actual practical actors running through the fog of war. Uh, and of course, seeing Anakin in that sick clone armor. If this is what we got for Attack of the Clones, this sort of thing, holy, that's an all-time Star Wars movie there. Like this just yeah. like I cared more about that that two minute long snippet of Clone War battles than I did about the clones ever in the prequel movies. You know what I mean? Just because like you said though, <laughs> there you go. They're real, they're doing stuff. The action was amazing. Um, you know, it was just this mm -hmm. was all of these sequences were so well done and a lot of it is that physicality that we got from the effects team and the way they decided to film it and everything. It was awesome. Yeah, the moment hits so well, right, with the single trooper running through. And then just, again, I'm going to bring up Kevin yet again, but the, the, the single piano note that just strikes as we see, as you just as soon as you can see that trooper running through, I screamed. I screamed out loud. I was watching with Megan and her partner, and we were just like, oh, and it was like phenomenal. Uh, but Justin, what did you think? Oh, I, 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 I loved how they didn't show much. It felt dreamy. It felt eerie. Yes. Um, and it, it, it really relied on the interactions. Um, so, you know, the reveal of, you know, obviously Anakin walking through with his saber and then Ahsoka, me here, I am thinking at the first time I watched it that it was going to be Rosario that was going to walk. But then to see a younger version, I was like, Woo! they did it. They did it. I okay, they cast and, and a younger version. I need I, to quickly just shout myself out, Justin. I'm so sorry. Go shoot your load. Shout Please. yourself out. I got to say, go. un like, unfortunately, I only have Justin's word to co corroborate this, but um, I, on one of our mini phone calls about the show, I did absolutely call the casting of Ariana Greenblatt uh, because I figured she'd be the perfect choice because she's done the full body makeup before as young Gamora uh, in Endgame. Uh, and then, you know, she's been having such a good year this year between, you know, Endgame, this episode, uh, and then 65. Uh, she was in 65 um, with... Uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. With Adam Driver. Didn't do well. Uh, That's didn't not do well. But, but okay, okay. <laughs> and then, three, sure. and then, Maybe but Redemption. Sasha in the Barbie movie. Like she yeah. was, she was outstanding in this episode. And I think her physicality, the way she expresses emotions, uh, you know, so well with Ahsoka. And when she says um, the line, "How can you joke at a time like this?" I heard Ashley Eckstein's yeah. voice as young Ahsoka. What I, what I think is great, she did an awesome job at playing old Ahsoka in young Ahsoka's body. She carried the weight of an Ahsoka who's 
lived her, her whole life and made mistakes and is now looking back being like, was it, was I wrong from the beginning? It was, she captured that whole aspect of the character beautifully. So kudos to Ariana Greenblatt. Great casting. And, and I loved, I loved, you know, between the two memories, we see the the first time she's learning to be a soldier and then pretty much the last time that she she would be be a soldier at at, at a warlike level, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know the siege of Mandalore, yeah, these grand battles, these yeah. grand grand battles. And I, I love that she was able to shift the character persona. Like you could see the history, right? Like, to your point, right? Not 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 only just knowing that Rosario is in this body in this mind at this moment, but personality and and the way she leans into the the fighting. It's you know she really goes mm-hmm. hard in that second memory. But to see this first one, this first instance. Uh, yeah, this was this was very gratifying. This as a as a fan for for fan service. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to see this Anakin Anakin in his Clone Wars arm. and Come the on. hair, Sick. the oh. hair, and everything. Oh. And you know, I never noticed it in Clone Wars, the cartoon, but I noticed it here. But it's crazy how that armor looks very Vader esque. Mm-hmm. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah. like it kind of always had that hint, and I was just like, I never really caught that because it's obviously because all the jedi were wearing yeah of think course that it was just a vader it's, thing. it's an armor yeah, yeah and, but it's like oh. it's very armor-esque and and it has the sort of early early signs of it so but great job at doing his makeup and you know the de-aging wasn't that bad uh no you know. i was gonna say i think they did they did it uh i think last week's episode it felt a little weird i think this Rushed. week they did a good enough job yeah. and i think his his facial emotions and, and the way that Hayden Christensen is such a fantastic actor, the way they were able to still pull that through what they did digitally, I think is absolutely stellar. Um, I also, like you were saying, Justin, the fog to kind of show that this isn't so much a flashback, but it is Ahsoka's memories. When we think about our memories, it's like it's it's foggy. It's what it's just the 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 details that we need. Um, but when she puts her hand on the soldier with the bandages on his face, I just her her even her acting and her expressions were phenomenal for such a young actor. Um, And I I also uh, wanted to shout out that I would imagine with the amount of Twi'lek that we're seeing here uh, that this is the Battle of Mm -hmm. Ryloth, Mm -hmm. I would assume. Um, So I think that was a that was really cool that they had, you know, a few Twi'lek in and around to kind of hammer that home. Well, I think in the new Rockstars video, they actually kind of may have pinpointed the time in the Clone Wars season of the oh, Battle wow. of Ryloth. And it's a three episode arc. So oh, they okay. found a way to to line it up with the existing That's awesome. the timeline, which is kind of cool. Um just to kind of give it a little more sense. And uh also just driving home the weight of losing soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. And how how connected Ahsoka was. Because in that in that episode arc, uh leading into that battle, Ahsoka actions led to the death of many clones and you know shout out to them for actually doing the research and finding a way it makes it all makes sense because now here she is having this very you know sincere moment so we kind of get to see part two of that well and just visually uh to to kind of go back to what you guys were saying a bit earlier i mean it's it's really quite incredible what they're doing here because not only is it uh evoking the idea of that it is memories and they're a bit hazy but it's that whole idea of the fog of war where, you know, soldiers in combat are uncertain about their capabilities, what they can do, uh, what they're what they're up against. You know, it's just this this overbearing sense of uncertainty. And so you can both feel Ahsoka's uncertainty in her previous actions, in what she is supposed to be doing here in these lessons with Anakin. It really is just such a it was a really clever way to stylize these 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 vignettes, these scenes, and evoke so many different ideas of again 
her her memories and her cloudiness in both the the moment and reflecting on them. I just thought it was it was a perfect way to do it, and probably saved them a shit ton of money. Yeah, probably. I oh, mean, it, it definitely, especially did. in terms I, I of like so. the use of the, the the volume. It didn't really feel like also, volume, right? It parallels really nicely with the next memory. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like they, they both feel like they live in their own, as as Kevin said, this sort of hazy, foggy, uh, uh, fog of war style, and and they where both you, are you, reminiscent of it. Yeah, where you don't need to know the specifics to understand the gravity of the situation. Exactly. Yes. Well, and I love that call out, Kevin, in terms of the concepts of the fog of war, uh, war in general. I think you know throughout watching the Clone Wars, at least for me, I I don't think I ever, as much as watching this sequence, really got the the full understanding of how the Jedi would have had to have changed from being peacekeepers uh, to soldiers. And I love that call out that Anakin has of like, when Obi-Wan was teaching me, we were, we were keepers of the peace, but here we need to be soldiers. Uh, and you see that so much more. And, and in a way... You know, I, I'm. I'm. It, it's sure that exchange could have happened between him and Snips, uh, but at the same time, I also feel like it's slightly elevated because we're seeing it from her point of view, from her perspective, uh, and I think that's really, really fantastic. And then just the flash of Vader in that, that moment. Was oh, so good. It's not gonna. And it's the, imprinted forever in my the, brain. Look, there's no clones <laughs> around him. Like it goes from Anakin walking with his saber yeah. with clones, Flash, it's oh. just Vader and no clones. And I'm like, that is, man, that is perfect. It's it powerful. was so well done. Yeah, really, really good. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going. I don't want to, but we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do want to because I want to talk about the other part. But <laughs> Hera and Hu Yang continue their search, and Hera asks Hu Yang what Ahsoka's master was like, and he responds with, intense uh no kidding uh jason comes in and tells them chopper thinks he found something and to fly it to the as low to the water as possible uh back to ahsoka we see she's a little older and much more confident as she fights along the 332nd company uh in the siege of mandalore rex compliments her fighting ability and informs her that he and the other troops will secure the perimeter um Ahsoka crosses her arms as Anakin tells her he doesn't know this battle. He tells her that she's done well and that she's a warrior now, uh, as he trained her to be. Uh, he tells her she's part of a legacy, uh, and she says her part of that legacy is one of death and war. And he says she's more than that because he's more than that. And she responds by saying he's more powerful and more dangerous than anyone realized. This, frust this frustrates him uh, as he says, back to the beginning, live or die. He turns around with his saber glowing red and begins to duel yet again. He kicks her back through the fog into the world between worlds. And as he walks through the smoke, flashes of Vader flicker. He says, time to die as they fight, uh, and as Ahsoka dodges and eventually removes his saber from him while holding it against his neck, she responds by saying, I choose to live. She deactivates his saber and throws it aside. As, she, uh, as he slowly looks down, his eyes turn from furious red back to blue as he smiles and says, there's hope for you yet. He disappears, and as the waters rise, they engulf Ahsoka completely as she's res rescued by the X-Wing team flying low above the waters of Cetos. My jaw was on the ground. Um, <laughs> Darcy, <laughs> let's get into this here. The Siege of Mandalore realized in live action and Anakin's final lesson uh, in Ahsoka's training. What did you think? 
I mean, seeing the Seizure Mandalore live action was incredible. Again, the choreography for Ahsoka here and oh. Ariana Greenblatt pulling it off Sick. flawlessly. It felt like we were watching yeah. Ahsoka from Re- uh, from the final season of Clone Wars. There, just just absolutely killing it on the battlefield. It was great. And as for the lesson, I, I thought it was really cool. How again, they didn't really explicitly say it, and they kind of leave you to to make it make your own thing from it. And what I got was the fact that she was kind of in this place between life and death. And if she gives up the fight because she doesn't know what she's supposed to do, she's going to die. Whereas this one, Anakin is, he, he is more than what, uh, this debt, war and death. He was the redemption at the end of it. He was the choice he finally made. And that was the, almost like the choice that Ahsoka made at the end there, where she wasn't going to kill him. It was her choice to live. And that was what kind of brought her back to the land of the living almost, is that she realizing that she isn't Anakin. And there is so much more to Anakin that, that she is not remembering. Like he isn't just Vader. He was Anakin as well. So I, I love that. And again, if we don't get uh, her explaining what she got from it, I'm okay with my own little headcanon there because to me, that's a very satisfying end to this, this whole sequence. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that the, the idea of life and death is also symbolized in, in light and dark um, because in a lot of ways, as, as Vader has said, he killed Anakin and Vader is the, uh, dark side of Anakin and is that consumption. And I think we've seen Ahsoka sort of give in to dark side tendencies throughout this season. And I think really question how much of her master left that imprint on her. Uh, and also her carrying this guilt of what if she didn't abandon Anakin and leave her training? Uh, could she have helped to create a different path and been there for um Anakin and and I think that carrying that into this this story and simplifying the means of to live or to die be consumed by what you fear or work past it and live beyond it and that was the lesson that I think that she took away from it and it's so beautifully executed in the way that she's disarmed from her lightsabers which glow a white symbolizing the light she then disarms Anakin and grabs the red saber holds it to to Anakin and in that moment she could she could give into her dark side tendencies and kill but instead she lives she lets go of her fear and her anger uh, and her frustration so it was just so well done um i loved it and in that moment when anakin steps back and, and hayden's face uh, facial re- reaction with the eyes and how he just kind of calms and he becomes anakin it was so well done it yeah. was so well done and then just to end that line with with you know there might still be hope for you snips right hope like it's yeah hope i'll definitely take that as an explanation as to what the lesson was it's that's a lot to take in there between the two of you by the end of that um but <laughs> a, a, a very abridged <laughs> version of that will, will will suffice but i just think that hammers home the idea that that had to be anakin teaching her that lesson even more 100 percent. it has to be her kind of almost finishing his teaching her you know that's the that that's them wrapping up that relationship by him helping her move forward to the next stage and finally putting closure to their relationship. But the thing that you know that really stands out to me as the reason why it would be a projection from her is that early on she calls out, you know, Anakin never finished my training, and the first thing he says when he's there is that I'm here to finish your training, right? And I feel like just in in hearing those two that that those little words kind of gives me the sense that. 
as Nate was saying at the beginning, you know, the world between worlds is to give the Jedi who's in that room of requirement what it needs. And each person brings their own subjectivity to it. You guys were talking about it last week. Like they shape what's in this this space between time and 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 everything that's real. And I think that that's why Anakin took that shape. And I think you know, we're going from Ahsoka's memories and kind of guiding it. I feel like this Anakin plays along with where where she's going to go because he knows and trusts that she knows the journey that she's on and what what symbolizes her, you know, the next level of her development. I, I guess my my reasoning for believing that is Anakin too is the fact that we having witnessed Ahsoka's whole journey, I feel like if the Force was trying to just use a message or like get a message across, it probably would have done more like a, 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 sh- a shape-shifting thing where it's all her greatest villains or foes at certain points. We get a Beresafia, you know, a Maul, like all these points in her life where she is has to make a hard decision type thing. With the fact that it's all from Anakin's point of view or Anakin's training her, it just, again, it feels so personal, especially by the end there. Like that... It it felt too human to be the force, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still between I although I will say, um, the more that you guys talk about it, um, I am I am kind of liking the idea uh, that it is Anakin only because of the prophecy of uh the chosen one, of you were the one that was meant to bring balance to the force and the idea that um that, that doesn't stop when Anakin dies and Vader is born, that that doesn't stop when Vader turns back to Anakin and then dies. Uh, the fact that that can continue even beyond death, um, I think is really, really intriguing and really powerful. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, we're not going to settle the debate here. We don't have a long enough podcast for that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> maybe that'll be a special one day. Um, but, uh, but I think, yeah, Ariana playing, uh, you know, sort of a more confident season seven Ahsoka was so phenomenal. Um, I think, like you were saying, Darcy, the, the, how fluid her movement is, it is very much like, it's one of those things where when you watch the animated series and you see these fights, you're like, that, that, that has to be animated. That's the only way they could do that. And the fact that she was able to pull this off, and I don't know if it was her or, you know, kudos to if it was a stunt double or whatever, um, but it was absolutely phenomenal. The the choreographer for this episode and for this series is just absolutely stellar. Um, Rex, Tamora Morrison's voice, uh, and seeing Rex in live action, not once, but twice, I want to see his face. Yeah, I want to see, see his face. helmet off, please. I wanted helmet all off. of the helmets to come off, and but you just my, see a ton of Tamara Morrison's well, all that would be That would be fantastic, <laughs> but I think that's, again, you can see that they kind of kept it budgetarily conscious with what right. they were doing. Sure. Uh, so to throw his voice in, sure. But I don't know, like, again, that, that to me is like, I've seen Rex's helmet in live action, you know, just, that's that's an easy get. Do you know what I mean to see that costume and to see that set up, right? So, sure. It's still yeah, really cool, To see him helmet off, yeah. Like, yeah. beard, like, yeah, oh, exactly. beard. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, I think I think it would be absolutely phenomenal to to just yeah, to get a bunch of them uh, that aren't all CG uh faces <laughs> of Tamora Morrison. Um and then I do just want to them's just D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> that would just hidden in the background. <laughs> um I I I do want to give a, just obvious obviously this is a thing, but a massive shout out to Dave Filoni. Um, because I think these are some of the best examples of show don't tell 
storytelling that I have ever seen in my entire life. I think still keeping it relevant to this story and at the same time giving exposition to audiences who haven't seen those moments is equal parts rewarding for fans of the animated series and explanation for those who haven't watched them. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And then just one last thing, because everyone else got to say what they took away uh, as a message for this moment. I just want to say I love the messaging in this episode and the fact that, and and bear with me because I think this might sound um, obvious or stupid, uh, so take it easy on me. But as I've grown up with Star Wars and the world around me has become more complex uh, and I'm taking in more and I'm learning every day, I love that Star Wars and its themes are mirroring that, right? They're they're doing the same thing. The fact that back in the day for me, bad guys were bad guys and good guys were good guys for the most part, you know, that's that's what it felt like. But here to get a story about a mentor who's so flawed and has such tragic, he has such a tragic ending, but who was also able to teach such valuable lessons to his Padawan is so incredible and has so much depth to it. And the idea that even terrible people may have brought good into the world at one point in their lives brings with it such a complex emotion for me. Uh, and I love that Star Wars is the world that we get to explore that idea with. I think Ahsoka being such a significant part of this legacy is going to do so much good for the future of this franchise. And and it gets me more excited for where Star Wars is going uh, than anything has. Uh, and I just wanted to shout that out because, again, I just think freaking Dave Filoni, man. Like, come on. <laughs> but he, like, again, he understands the mission. Do you know what I mean? And it, right. it's in the simple themes that you can get some of the best stories. Do you know what I mean? It's not about going super overly, you know, complicated with it, right? It's it's really understanding the sim the simplicity of of the moment, right? And making mm -hmm. making sense of that. It's It's really good. It's really, really good. So good. Uh, let's keep going here, though. Hu Yang wakes up as Ahsoka. Um, sorry, Hu Yang wakes up Ahsoka and informs her of the unauthorized rescue mission, uh, and that Sabine is gone. She exits the ghost, and after hugging Jason, she thanks him. Ahsoka uses psychometry. Uh, and the broken star map to sense what happened with Sabine after she fell. She learns that Sabine went with the enemy on their ship uh, that's now traveled to another galaxy. Carson tells Hera that the fleet is on their way and that they're they're pretty upset. Um, Ahsoka looks up as she watches a pod of Purgle, uh, which gives her a little idea. Uh, Hera is informed by Chancellor Mon Mothma that she'll be stripped of her rank if they don't return immediately. Uh, ig uh, ignoring this, they fly up to the sky uh, as the pod fly flies all around them. Uh, Carson attempts to stall the New Republic fleet, and Ahsoka convenes through the forced force with the largest Purgle. Uh, it opens its massive mouth as uh, and Ahsoka asks Hu Yang to move them inside. Hu Yang uh, asks if Ahsoka is certain the Purgle know where Sabine is, and she says, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, he reminds her that it could take them anywhere, and she says that's better than going nowhere. Hera tells Captain Gerard to move her fleet out of the way of the Purgle uh, as they fly through through the ships. Uh, and as the, the um, they sort of energize uh, and are about to jump, Ahsoka promises that she'll find... She says, I'll find them. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming she's referring to Sabine and Ezra. Uh, and Hera responds with, may the Force be with you. And that is the end of the episode. Uh, so, you know, obviously I want to know where we go next week. But before we get to that... 
Darcy, what did you think of this climactic ending and the incredible Purgle Pod reprising their performance from the finale of Rebels? Before I get to that, I'm doing this a second time in this podcast. Please. I have to bring this up because my mom wanted me to. Go for it. Uh, she does, really hates the la- line that uh, that the captain of that ship says. The evasive maneuvers get out of their way. Yeah. And they proceed to stay in their way <laughs> yeah, and not move at all. all. Like, <laughs> any, hold your course. Don't make yeah. any movements. That would have made more sense to what happened in that can actual we, scene. Darcy, can we give her a break? She literally just got that rank a few days ago when her master was stabbed through the chest. By Bailey. The point, I, yeah, <laughs> so, but she's a little still, green, right? Maybe she doesn't still, quite know. Just, they didn't move at all. No. It just felt really weird. My mom wanted me to bring it up because it really bugged her. Sure it was thing. the one thing after the episode. She's like, "That line's stupid." Yeah, and then yeah. But as for this ending, I thought it was incredible. I mean, the Purgles doing their thing is always cool. Seeing like this animal just jump through hyperspace, oh. and the fact that we got to see a whole pod of them with this epic music and. Again, Ahsoka's in the mouth of one of these things. Like it, it was so cool. I can't wait to see how how this ends up for you know Ahsoka and and uh, Hu Yang there. It's great. So good. Now you know I'm uh, I'm like fifty fifty with these space whales. Did we win you <laughs> over? Well, no. I'm gonna say I appreciated your synopsis of the final scene because I do think it felt a little fillery how long this took. It's like she sees him mm-hmm. in the sky and it's like, okay, go hitch a ride, let's go. And that felt like it took 15 minutes. I get that they're <laughs> right. going for the majesty and the grandeur of these incredible beings and and the spectacle that this moment is, but it was like, okay, let's let's jump into hyperspace and go find some people, let's go. So I will just say that <laughs> yeah. it went, went on a little long, but no, it was, it's cool. It's For what it is, it's cool. I'll... I'm like 72% on board now. Oh, we're almost we're there. Him there. We're going to get him there. Got we got to get a Purgle to like maybe jump through space and tr- like eat Thrawn in half one day. And then, and <laughs> no, then just, he's going to be like, light, I'm there. Light speed skip. Yeah, there you go. That's all it has to do. <laughs> so just good. jumps real quick. Sorry, Justin, before you go, I yeah. also want to say, I, I didn't need to see Ahsoka without her headpiece on. That was a very uncanny valley oh, moment weird. for me. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because that was... That was odd. Yeah, but she was their, she was rocking. They're showing off the makeup and and and, and practical effects there. Like it, oh, it looked great. Y- yes, I just never needed to see that. I guess <laughs> it felt like I was seeing something I should. You, you know. <laughs> but she was. You know what? I did love that she's rocking the Ahsoka the white outfit, mm-hmm. uh, and makes so much sense that they. You know, as we were kind of talking, like, oh, you know, was that scene from before? Was it the same scene that we saw before? At this point, I don't really care. I think this is more of like kind of kind of the retcon of like this yeah. is her Ahsoka the White moment she went to the place yes. she fought the Balrog the Balrog you know she died or whatever and then she comes she fell, back she fought she won right she came back. exactly yeah and I think you're right Nate just kind of on that topic you know that scene that recreated that feels like a recreation from the final moments in Rebels yeah in animated I do think that 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 final moment in Rebels was written with sort of this what's next you know like a very hypothesized idea oh well Ahsoka would be like sort of next level so Ahsoka the White right and she would be with Sabine and they'd be trying to find Ezra and I think that was materialized into that one scene and here now it's kind of being stripped apart and spread across over these episodes for us to understand how that story comes to be told right and yeah I think this was great I think this was super stoic it was it was the this hero's moment after her sort of enlightenment uh you know she's she's got her groove back in in some ways I, I don't think I've seen her so happy smiling like yeah I don't I don't care yeah let's let's just <laughs> let's just see 
what happens? It's yeah. better than sitting here wondering. So you can see she's got a little pep in her step uh, and she's a little more confident. She understands the task at hand and I think she's ready for it. Um, and obviously donning the white uh, cloak, you know, yeah, Ahsoka the White. This, you know, again, in the new Rockstars video, they mentioned how there was a lot of parallels between sort of Gandalf's journey, you know, falling at the hands of, of Anakin uh, into this sort of dreamy state that then led to her enlightenment and her reawakening and her rebirth and, and, and on the next steps of her journey. Um, so I'm interested to see that energy be carried through in, in the next episode. But yeah, uh, I loved how, how um, again, I, I think Kevin said it and it's in, in its own right, It's it, it felt very stoic and it felt very... Again, another little layer of fan service to see these Purgles not in gray skies that are high, hidden. It's like the sun is beaming. It, it seems like, you know, the planet is almost a little happier as well. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. I think it's it's kind of, again, it's very Star Wars to have these things uh, all kind of aligned. And, you know, to see the back of them just kind of fly so off cool. into space. So cool, man. It was so, so cool. cool. Awesome. I was half expecting one of them to just kind of grab the ghost in its tentacles and be like, you're right? coming Come to Yeah, you're coming <laughs> too. <laughs> um, yeah, I also got Jurassic Park vibes a little yes. bit, right? Especially as the other crew were kind of looking around and just like, I got the, the you know, the standing up from the, the, the Jeep and taking the glasses off kind of moment from them. Exactly, yeah. um, and I just Son think- Son of a bitch did it. Welcome. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then just the pearls. Uh, but I think the sheer size of these creatures next to the massive New Republic ships is was just so cool to see for scale and to kind of yeah. get that understanding. And I said yeah. I said a couple of weeks ago that I felt like the Purgle were the most pure representation of the Force um, as a feat of nature. And I love that Ahsoka uses the the force here to communicate with them um and i think that very yeah, ezra very ezra right especially him and and with the with the loth wolves all of them and, um, well he he communicated with the purgles right like right he, oh, the absolutely. first time we see the purgles yeah he actually talks to them and understands and helps them because their planet is being attacked yeah. right and yeah. it's and so I, I think again it's it's a great way to understand like like you were saying that they are the purest form of uh, uh, creatures within the force they interact with the force that they're you know like their soul is, is is very much connected to the force but again i just think like like this moment for me felt like it could have been the finale for this for this series i'm so happy it's not but it like just the way the music was and how epic everything was and even just the ending of you know hera just may the force be with you like it, it felt like it felt like a finale because it kind of already was the finale for Rebels, so that's it's it's just a really kind of I don't know I think it's really cool the way that they they pay homage but then again continue to build new stories out of what we've gotten so good so good uh, but that brings us to our prediction segment of the episode uh, which we like to call I want to know what's gonna happen next Kevin I want to know from you what's gonna happen next I'm going way out on a limb here um, I Whoa. think we might see Thrawn. Whoa. What? <laughs> no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Pump the brakes. Hold on, Kevin. Kevin are you talking about the next there? episode? Which or are you Thrawn? saying like Is, wait, Thrawn, like the from the blue guy from the show? Or Thrawn the King? <laughs> no. Joke jokes aside, uh, that's all I've got. You know me. I'm terrible at this stuff. But no, I think I think it's we 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 don't have much time left, so it's gotta it's gotta happen to make it well, count and mean something. I, I will just say, I, I think you, you said it really, really 
well there, Nate. You know, this episode felt like a finale, but it's mm-hmm. not a finale. It's it's no. a closing of I think one part of the story, and that's a okay. story. I think she's now equipped and ready. I think the next three episodes that we're going to get are going to kind of function as like a a trilogy. Uh, in my mind, that's how it would work where it's like one, two, three episodes that kind of get us to a, a conclusion. And I I don't think that conclusion is going to have resolution. I think it's going to be cliffhangery. It's going to be like, give me more Ahsoka. Now I want to see more of this story now. Um, so I think that that's, that's a guarantee. I, I, you know, as a, as a loose want to know, Interesting. Um, but I, I do think, you know, going back to my initial, uh, thoughts about Anakin not being Anakin and being something else and mm-hmm. whatever that could be. Um, I did think it was really cool that Jason was the one that sensed this this other world. And I think that if the world between worlds happens again, it'd be really interesting. I think we could see him in the world between worlds. And Ooh. if that isn't Anakin, and if you wanted to hint at the idea that maybe something more nefarious is there, I'd love to see Kanan be the person that is there to give a sense of of guidance to to Jason hmm. uh, and be that that spirit in that moment. See because... what you're describing though, Justin sounds very Ahsoka season two. Of course, it's me... not going to happen now, it's right? Not gonna okay, happen now, okay. I don't think it. I don't think it'll happen now because I think now it's it's all about that. But I do think that it's really interesting again that Jason was sort of this gateway for them to find to find her. So I think that it again highlights his his force sensitivity, but he could find himself in that place eventually uh, at some point so you know as as like you said a season two um and i think it would be it would be pretty dope because i don't think we're going to get canaan in this one but uh, i think that there's there's there they'll do it they got we'll the see. picture there's the picture on the front dashboard uh but darcy i want to know what's going to happen next i mean again like you said it's very much finale so I, it's kind of up in the air where they're going i as much as I would love for the Purgles to take them somewhere else, I, I don't see that being the case. I, I feel like this is going to be the path, kind of a, a, a direct jump to wherever Thrawn is or wherever the ring went, you know, wherever Morgan and them are. Um, what I think would be interesting, though, is if we, again, if we see, if we don't see Anakin again, but if we almost get more, like, Obi-Wan uh, to Luke voice thought, like, you know, conversations in their head while she's meditating type thing, mm. I think it'd be really cool if, that's if the making, master... Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the ma- if the master really, uh, apprentice relationship is almost re- uh, rekindled because of this this yeah. journey to the world between worlds, because right. it'd be really cool to hear Hayden Christensen, you know, impart some more wisdom on his Padawan. Because I mean, he's so good. He's I want so more. Good. I want more. Yeah, he was so good. He was so good in this episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really want to know, if you really want, I want know, to know, Nate. I want yeah, to on, know. Tell us. Next. Honestly, I'll tell you. I have no freaking clue um, because we've seen everything in the trailer minus Thrawn still. Um, and, and so I think if I was to speculate, I'm going to go out on a, a on a limb all the way to another galaxy on a limb here. Um, and I don't believe they actually have the balls to pull this off. OK, and what I'm about to say, you're going to be like, no, you're an idiot. That's not going to happen. And I agree. I'm, I'm an idiot and it's not going to happen. But how nuts would it be if they get there? Uh, and and or the next three episodes are Sabine, and and we're focusing on that, or or at least the next episode is Sabine, and then and then we get it will sort be. of at the yeah. at the end of that be. episode, Ahsoka shows up, right? Yeah. But how nuts would it be if we learn in the next episode uh, that Ezra is just dead already? Mm-hmm. He's dead. With 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 the episode focusing, you know, with this episode in particular focusing on attachments and the memories that help us, you know, sort of retain, but then Mm -hmm. like also the themes of, yeah, letting go and continuing to live. I think it would be really interesting to see if Sabine, 
you know, isn't able to make the decision that her master was able to make in this episode, but rather, again, she maybe goes down a bit of a darker path, knowing that even after traversing to another galaxy, she still can't rescue rescue uh, Ezra, um, I think would be phenomenal. But with I, how much the fans love Ezra, I just... They've been anticipating seeing Ezra live action just as much as we've been anticipating seeing Thrawn in live action. I don't think they have the guts to pull it off, sadly. I, but again, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I think there's, there's good reason for them to do something like that. And but I wouldn't, I wouldn't push either Sabine into the dark side. And I don't think I would do it. Or maybe, it maybe it's the phenomenon. catalyst. Maybe it is the catalyst to help her. Get beyond to the next point. Exactly. So she can unlock that force potential. I I think that there's there's good reason to to want to do that and and maybe he lives on in in a flashback or you know, force ghost manor. That Mm. that could be interesting to Force Ghost Manor. That's a new ride at Disney. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) The Haunted Mansion, but a bunch of I want that ride. Live action. I do, I do. When I want to see him, like (laughs) I know, I know. I mean, I think the fact that we've gotten we've gotten a good story of Ezra. Um, uh, Sure, I'd love to see what happens next. I've been waiting. We've all been waiting to see what happens next. But I also just think it would be so nuts. And maybe that's just the Game of Thrones fan in me speaking of like kill him. Like I think it would be pretty crazy. (laughs) Well, just turning it on your head, right? Changing expectations is what I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool if if they get there and Ezra doesn't want to be rescued. Like he's working with ah, Thrawn because so, they they had to joint work together to survive. Because again, in, in one of Thrawn's oh, earliest canon appearances, yeah. he has to work together with Anakin to survive on a like a, a desert planet almost. Oh man, they, they were stuck together. So, oh Thrawn yeah, was What's... incredibly charismatic and was able to talk and swing at people to his side very easily. So, I think it'd be cool to see an Ezra on Thrawn's page. Well, it's funny because uh, Darcy, you know, uh, I know that. Megan and you disagreed about certain elements of last week's episode, but she is, we were talking after this episode and she absolutely had the same theory that, that yeah, Ezra is working for Thrawn, not as though Ezra is now evil and not as though Thrawn is now good, just a mutual understanding of like, it's all part of the plan. Let's work together. And he defends uh, us, you know, uh, Thrawn from Ahsoka in a certain moment that she's just like, what are you doing? Um, Would be a great cliffhanger for maybe an episode, uh, you know, not next week's episode, but the week after, I think would be really, really cool as going into the finale um, of just like everyone sort of just being like, holy crap, we saw Ezra. And not only that, but he's defending Thrawn. What is going on would be, whoa, whoa. Or he's dead. Uh, but that is it for this episode uh, of Watch Club. Um, or not yet, actually. Sorry. We need to get to our final overall thoughts uh, and our score, which we'll be rating on a scale of one to five lessons learned. I'm switching things up. I'm going to go first. Uh, this episode was such an outstanding example of exposition steeped in multi-layered storytelling for fans of all Star Wars. I think the fact that Dave Filoni was able to meticulously add so much detail while at the same time preventing fans who haven't watched the animated shows from feeling alienated is incredible. And it wasn't flashbacks, it was memories from a certain point of view. It makes so much sense why this was put into theaters, because it needed to reach the widest audience possible. And I'm sure people, you know, maybe on the fence, maybe they caught up in order to watch it in theaters, I don't know. But to get the widest reach, to be able to kind of give this background for this character, so smart, so incredible. Um, like last week, I think everything was spot on. I think the writing, the performances, uh, with highlights from Rosario Dawson, 
Ariana freaking Greenblatt, okay? You need someone to play a badass, like a baby badass? Get this girl in the role while, you know, while she's, she's able to kind of still play within that age. She is phenomenal. Um, and then Hayden Christensen, as we were saying, to be able to perform and emote the way he did through the CG was outstanding. And I think he's such a phenomenal actor. Um, and I was just, I was thrilled by the way they were able to kind of pull that off. And I'm also so incredibly happy for Hayden, that he's gotten multiple moments to to shine again and and kind of get the love that he deserves for this role that he's always deserved for this role from today's Star Wars fans. Um, the music was phenomenal in this episode. Kevin Kiner is slowly reach. He's getting up there on the list of phenomenal. Like he's getting. He's he's in there. He's there with Giacchino. He's there with with Williams. He's he's up there. Um, and I think the way that he weaves in big horns when we get flashes of Vader, the Force theme when Jason senses Ahsoka and Anakin was nothing short of just perfect. Um, I I I can say going through this episode the first time, halfway through, I was a tad disappointed that we didn't you know sort of we weren't leaving Cetos. I was kind of like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. We get to the end of the the episode. I'm like, we didn't leave Cetos as quickly as I would have wanted to. We kind of spent the last three episodes on that spot, but I will say the the moments that they gave us more than make up for my qualms uh, with that. So this week yet again, I'm giving this uh, episode a solid five out of five lessons learned. Darcy, how about yourself? Well, I mean, you said enough for both of us for all of us probably i mean this episode was great hayden christian was awesome music was great this is definitely the to me this is the best episode in this uh, season so far it captured everything i needed to know about the relationship between the characters at this point in time i just i loved everything about it so five out of five lessons learned for me so good kevin uh yeah i mean nate you you nailed everything that worked about the episode and i think where i'm coming from now is I'm almost a little upset that this is working so well and that this show is so incredible <laughs> because I just, you know, my this is almost like now we're in prequel territory to the sequel trilogy and it just brings up so many what ifs. What if a different story by a different storyteller, especially one who this is the first time where I've been like, okay, Filoni really gets this shit. He gets this shit mm -hmm. like 1976 George Lucas gets it. You know, yep. Book of Boba Fett has had some cool moments, specifically when, you know, we got to see some familiar characters. And The Mandalorian has had some pretty cool moments strewn throughout it. But, like, this is, like, peak Filoni showing, like, what he can do. And now in a live-action format, it's just so incredible. And it just makes you wonder what he might have done to continue all these stories if he had control and if he had say. And so that's almost why the show is upsetting me a little. Because, hey, I'm a huge fan of the sequel trilogy, don't get me wrong, but this, again, makes me second guess and wonder what could have been. And I'm all just like, as great as this show feels like it's going to be right through, how much is it really going to matter when we know that none of these characters are around in 15 years into this timeline, right? Like, it's just, again, that's, I'm just almost a little upset at how much I'm into this and digging it. And like, three more episodes isn't enough. <laughs> I want more stories from these characters about these characters. And so I'm very curious to see 
how they do wrap up this season. If it's one of a couple, who knows? But yeah, I'm very curious to see how they wrap these characters up here and make it feel like either they're still alive, but we're busy for the upcoming important saga that is the sequel trilogy. I don't know. I, I Again, I'm all over the map here. As somebody who didn't necessarily gravitate towards the animated shows, these characters are becoming very important and very special, and I'm falling in love with them. And so it's just really tough to think that this might be the only sort of live action we get of these characters. But again, only time will tell. We'll see. Uh, but no, for what Filoni's doing here, it's absolutely wonderful. I've liked each episode more and more as the series goes on. This was an easy five out of five lessons learned for Ooh. me. Very cool. I mean, Kevin, we're getting a movie. We're getting a that, movie from true. Filoni. That's true. And you know what? Right? If you t when you when I heard that after uh, you know Mandalorian, especially after the last season, and after how Book of Boba Fett sort of didn't do what I wanted it to do as a fan of certain characters in that. This has made me go, okay, yeah, that big screen, massive scale movie with, with Filoni getting to do everything he's always wanted to, I'm sure, on the big screen. Okay, good. You've, yes, you've saved me again. Six out of five lessons learned. I'm going even higher now. I'm happy <laughs> again. Go. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Broke the scale. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin, uh, take us home. Yeah, I I think that uh, you know Kevin's right. This is peak Filoni in live action. But you know, to a lot of what you're you're saying about wanting to see his version of the of the Clone Wars, and that we we did. It was seven seasons of an animated series that really did tell the story of Clone Wars better than any of the movies of the prequel trilogy actually did. We only saw the beginning, and then we have the animated series, and then we had the end where Order sixty six and and it happened right. So I loved. Awesome. He told the story of Anakin really, really well in, in Clone Wars, and that's why this episode just hits so much more. We get to see that crossover of, of and that validation of live action and, and animated canon stories coming together in this moment. And, you know, again, it's fan service for, for those for those individuals. But really the biggest fan service this is for is, is for Dave Filoni to see these characters in live action. And I absolutely love that. I love that for him. I think he's told a, a perfect story here. He was able to bring in what was important and relative to the character of Ahsoka in this moment, in this time. He's distilled it in a, a very simple manner about living and dying and what that looks like from a light and dark to be consumed to understand your fears and to work past that something that i think is again so so central to the story of star wars and the character of, of darth vader uh and and anakin skywalker so all well done outstanding music you know you gave credit to rosario dawson she's killing it she's killing it she's she already is. killing it but the outstanding mvps are hayden christensen and Ariana Greenblatt. They, they, they did such an incredible job. And to see, like we've been, you know, sort of gushing over, to see Hayden come back to this role and to give something new beyond, like, you know, some of the more ridiculous moments in, in the prequel trilogy, I love that for him. And I know, you know, he deserves that. Um, so, yeah, it's this almost is, again, as though, Justin, he was a phenomenal actor uh, and then it was just the writing. That was a problem. You know oh, what I mean? 100% was. Yeah, exactly. And as Kevin was saying, if it was handled by someone else, yeah. which it should have been, mm. and it shouldn't have been so precious, it could have been it could have been something so much more. But thankfully, Filoni was able to say, well, I'm going to do a story right here. I'm going to do a story here. I'm going to do a story here. He's put these stories to help round out, you know, the more bigger, iconic movie moments. 
and they've actually they're at a point right now where they're outweighing. Do you know what I mean? They're outweighing those movies. But but you in know, a way, in terms I, I would importance. say in a way though that still honors makes, but, what sure, came before. It's not it's not Again, degrading what came before. It's not degrading it. Yeah. No, but I just mean that it's 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 getting to a point where it's it's not just the movies and the animated. It's like the two are there as very important and we're crossing paths, right? In a lot of ways, this is this Ahsoka series is a journey to the world between worlds of animated and live <laughs> so action meta. in, in yeah. a lot of ways, yeah. right? So so <laughs> I, I loved it. And, and you know, you've called it out. Kiner's music throughout this entire series has been so spot on. It, it has the right nuances of John Williams while still feeling original to this series, while also still having the original scores for the characters that he made in rebels and, and, and in clone wars. And I just, I love it. So, you know, yeah, five out of five, this is, this is perfect. Star Wars It's star Wars in star Wars. It's great, dude. That's a lot of lessons learned, uh, but that is it for this Watch Club for Star Wars Ahsoka Part 5. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just fly into the mouth of a space whale uh, to find Justin. There he is, uh, so that he hey. can tell you how you can reach us. Friggin' reeks in here. I thought they smelt bad on the outside. <laughs> uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or uh, they can reach out to us on the app formerly known as Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram or threads at wearegeekcentric. Uh, also, join our Discord so that you can keep up with this Watch Club. As I was uh, saying, we, we you know you can share your theories with us, um, and and we we'd love to talk to you about everything there. Maybe bring up we can bring up some of your theories on the Watch Club itself. Uh, you can do so by joining through the link in our description. Uh, and we have a new episode of This Week in Geek. It's 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 come back. I don't know if it'll be every week, but we got one out this week um, covering D twenty three. And all the latest announcements made for the Disney parks, uh, which is out now. You can check that out. Um, I'm actually not on that one, so I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Kevin, you hosted it, I believe. Is there anything you'd like to tease? If you're a fan of the Disney parks, uh, renew your passport and start saving up Whoa. because all the parks around the world are are looking like they are worth a visit over the next two to five years. Um, and then specifically for us, being uh, Disney World and Orlando sort of junkies, um, you know, there's something at each of the parks sort of rolling out every six months or so for the for the near future. It's uh, it's a very exciting time for parks. I think a lot of people's fears, especially after the pandemic, are now being mm -hmm. held a little in that uh, we were told that they're they've got more on the go in terms of rides, attractions, and lands that at one time than it ever in their history, and they are putting billions and billions of dollars into just making uh, it even more magical than it ever has been before. So it's a good time to be a park fan. Wow, that is the most uh, positive uh, take I've heard on the parks in a very long time, not from you folks, but just in general on the internet, there seems to be a lot of discourse. So I'm, I'm stoked to listen to that episode, uh, and get hyped, hyped again to go see that mouse. Um, but, uh, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest summer releases out now, like our recent spoiler free reviews for I am Groot season two, only murders in the building season three, uh, and, uh, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, mutant mayhem, as well as haunted mansion and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. 
We got a ton of great Star Wars interviews. I won't list them all, but let's just say we also had a chat with Anakin Skywalker himself. And I believe Justin in that that chat even brought up uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, with Hayden. So definitely go check that out on your podcast service of choice, or you can check those interviews out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. I'm back to streaming now. You can catch me uh, over on twitch.tv slash nateplaysgames. Um, I'm thinking I might start streaming some Lorcana. Speaking of Disney, uh, Lorcana, the latest Disney trading card game coming after Pokemon, coming after Magic the Gathering. Uh, there is a, an unofficial probably going to get delisted and and killed by disney soon digital version of the game uh that i'm thinking i might want to start playing because i am just i'm obsessed with this game okay i'm having so much fun with it kevin i know you had the chance to play it a little bit it's it's pretty fantastic uh the game is a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to um i think i, I need more cards Get these cards in my hands because I want to start building a deck. I really want to. I want to try yeah. and jump into this, and they're making it freaking difficult. And they're already out here announcing chapter two, and you know <laughs> we can barely get chapter one. Like, get your shit together, Ravensburg. Let's go. Like, if you got me interested in a TCG, I can't imagine fans of this style of game already how interested they must be. Scalpers, piss off. We don't like you. Nobody yeah. likes you. Yeah. Let the let yeah. the fans get what they want. Get our hands on this, and uh, I really am looking forward to learning this game inside and out. So so good. Uh, but Kevin, Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, we, we are, are no, no Jedi. Jedi.